Do you suffer with chronic pain? Are you taking risky, over-the-counter, or prescription anti-inflammatory drugs? This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a better natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals. Liquid Turmeric Liposome Complex. Future Farm's liquid turmeric with liposomes and nanotechnology delivers maximum absorption for effective pain relief. Sourced and manufactured in the United States, this product contains 1,600 milligrams of curcumin and powerful antioxidant properties. This plant-based curcumin is used to possibly reduce inflammation, block proteins that trigger swelling, and intercept inflammatory pathways, significantly decreasing inflammatory responses. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Don't live with pain when there's an all-natural, science-based remedy that works. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is our weekly Q&A with Layla. Layla Mutin is my trusty sidekick. She's our nutritionist in residence. And she's here to help us with the questions. Your questions come to radio program at AOL.com. And you folks are doing a really good job sending us great questions, thought-provoking questions, questions of general interest. So keep them coming. Radio program at AOL.com. And uh, what's our next question, please? This is from Kathy. Hi, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. My 27-year-old son was just diagnosed with celiac. He's very health conscious and already has a clean diet. Is celiac an autoimmune disease? Yes, can, yes, yes. Can it be cured? The answer is it can be mitigated yes. and controlled, but right. it, so far it cannot be cured. Yes. Uh, you will always have the potential to have celiac once you introduce uh, gluten mm -hmm. into your diet. What causes it? And could it be caused by a restrictive diet? Well, what causes it is unclear. I mean, it's there's a genetic component to yeah. it, and we can actually test for the genes that predispose to. Yeah. But what's interesting about those genes is that if you have those genes, you don't always get it. Right. So there must be other. Your celiac factors. test can still be negative, but right. you could have the genes. Right. So the HLA DQ two DQ eight. Exactly. So it, it's clear that there's some environmental factors. Now, what might those environmental factors be? Some say. Uh, and we're going to actually have Dr. Stephanie Sennett uh, on our program in oh, a couple of weeks. excellent. And she's going to talk about the impact of glyphosate on the GI tract and how it may be contributing to this really having a pandemic. She wrote a beautiful paper on that. Yeah, uh, of, uh, of celiac. Of celiac. Because the uh, gut-disrupting uh, effects of glyphosate, which yeah, is... A, which is Monsanto's Roundup, the stuff that yep. Costco is uh, yep. getting rid of we in their stores. To. So, oh my! So it it could also be the quality of the grain. Yes. Uh, it could be that it changed because we have bred different types of uh, wheat over the millennia that our bodies are not really used to. Bred different kinds of wheat. Uh, wheat I, different kinds of bread. <laughs> that's what, that's great. I, you know, I just get off on these yeah. inadvertent punning tracks. You're so punny. Yeah, I'm punny. I'm punny. <laughs> uh, so, but we through you know our magnificent agriculture and you know for the sake of productivity and for the sake of palatability we've created very gluten laden uh, yes. grains that um, may make it more likely that our GI tracts are challenged yes in fact our wheat crop here in the US is different say from the wheat crop in Italy where if you had a bread recipe or a cake recipe 
and you cooked one here in the U.S. and the other in Italy, same exact recipe and ingredients, you will come up with different textures because of the wheat crop. We have so hybridized the wheat crop in the U.S. It's not like the ancient, I, I think it was called einhorn. Einhorn, yes. Einhorn or yeah. eichhorn wheat. Well, ap- apropos, you know, when we talk about a paleo diet, the rationale for the paleo diet is that our bodies evolved over millions of years. Yeah. And in a very short time, we've introduced new foods. Now, you may say short time. People have been eating wheat since uh, the time of the, I don't know, the, the Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Egyptians. They had you know, wheat or you know, predecessors mm-hmm. to modern wheat. Mm-hmm. But um, that's a relatively short time for the body to adapt to a new food. Yeah. Uh, 10, 12, 15,000 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, nobody was eating Grass. Basically, these were grasses. grasses, There wasn't a lot of nutritional value in gathering grass and laboriously Mm -hmm. pounding it into some sort of, you know, uh, paleo matzah or something. Right. You know, (laughs) but I mean, it wasn't like they didn't use grains and seeds. Yes. But they were consuming far less of that than we Because it was labor intensive. They had to pound it and pound it. And it was was a a proto-wheat. It was different genetically. different. You know. Different than what... So it's being grown. one theory, and here's, you know, for example, other populations were only very recently introduced to wheat. And I would, I'm thinking of like Northern Europeans, uh, you know, the uh, Roman legions subsisted on uh, uh, Roman meal bread. Mm. You know, that's the, that's the advertising for Lincoln, you know, the mm. gladiators ate, you know, grains. But mm. the Nordic peoples uh, were hunter-gatherers mm. and they mostly consumed, uh, you know, game and vegetation. Yeah. And, you know, so that may be why if we look at countries like uh, Scandinavia, Ireland, uh, UK, and mm-hmm. we see a very high prevalence of celiac disease, yeah. less so among Iraqis, for right. example, you yes. know, who have maybe a, a longer history of adaptation mm-hmm. to grain consumption. Mm-hmm. Still only a few millennia, but that may give the body uh, you know, a chance to evolve to tolerate that. Yeah, yeah. So it is fascinating. You know, we were wondering... Over recent years, why we're seeing more and more diagnoses of celiac disease, what's going on, what's going on. And it could be due to the environmental toxin glyphosate, as you were saying earlier. Let's talk a little bit about the autoimmune aspects of of this, because it's thought to be an intestinal disease, but actually it's a pervasive disease. Yes. And it can result in autoimmunity to many organs. Right. The the thyroid, the brain. The brain. There are neurological disorders that are uh, related to that. And that's Mm -hmm. the result of uh, the body's attempt to uh, repel an invader Mm -hmm. because it's erroneously the body believes that wheat is a threat and it attacks it. Yeah. It attacks the cells in the intestinal tract inadvertently, collateral damage. But the collateral damage can occur anywhere in the body. Yes. And people develop skin problems. Yes. Characteristic dermatitis, herpetiformis. Yeah. It's like the skin celiac. Yeah. So to yeah, speak. Yeah. And right. Uh, uh, we've seen patients. We've seen patients with ataxia. Balance issues, yes. psychiatric issues, yeah, uh, skin conditions like that as well. Thyroid for sure. Uh, thyroid, and you know, back in the day, we're talking decades ago, uh, uh, when somebody presented with celiac disease, they were it was like a failure to thrive almost. They were unable to gain weight, yeah. or they had the very classic poor... the, the concentration camp victims. They right, like. yeah. right, and like chronic diarrhea right. or diarrhea. Now they can present with obesity. They don't have to have a GI. Presentation. Or they could present with repeated miscarriages. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
That's another one. Yeah, it 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 highlights the possibility that there's some sort of anti-placental or anti-sperm that molecular mimicry, right? That 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 happens and in resembling the uh, the gliadin uh, molecule. I I think um, remember Dr. Peter Green, the expert at Columbia University. I think uh, uh, I think he said it best in his book, his book on celiac, that uh, gluten is a 33 amino acid polypeptide. Mm -hmm. And the human GI tract doesn't really have the enzymes to really break that down properly. Mm -hmm. And there's, and that's the rub. There's the rub. And it is a rather big uh, amino acid sequence, polypeptide, that may... Uh, have homology to other tissues, mm-hmm. and that the the body's immune reaction against the uh, gluten yeah. or the gliadin uh, could uh, mistakenly target tissues yes. elsewhere in the body. Yes, that's yes. what molecular mimicry is. Mm-hmm. All right, good point at which to pause because we want to uh, offer yes. one of our sponsors mm-hmm. an opportunity to share some vital information about their products. So here goes. Listen up. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax with NT Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor repairs damaged cells, restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years, and now the 45-day money-back guarantee you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors there. would make Intelligent Medicine a continuous free resource to you. And now back to our questions. I wanted to follow up because we didn't completely answer uh, Kathy's question oh, okay, about sure. her 27-year-old son with yep. diagnosed with celiac. Is, is it an autoimmune disease? Yes. Can it be cured? It can be put into remission with a complete and absolute eradication of gluten from the diet. There must be a complete elimination of gluten from the diet. And only then will you see those antibodies coming down and... And, doing, but I, I think you have to so go further damage. with some patients. They've had very damaged guts. They need gut repair. Yeah, and yeah. why they are not entirely well after elimination of gluten is because their gut has been altered and mm-hmm. doesn't heal completely. Yeah. Uh, and so we need to pay attention to the rest of the diet. Mm-hmm. Some of these patients need to be on a more stringent diet. Yeah, because we find there's also maybe some cross-reactivity, mm-hmm. which is really fascinating too. But it could be that the gut is in such disrepair that they're showing all this noise yeah. to other food. Leaky gut Leaky syndrome. Leaky gut syndrome. Yeah. 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 So, Kathy, uh, it can be, quote, cured with the complete eradication of gluten. But this is lifelong. Yeah. Your son has to be completely on a gluten-free diet for the rest of his life. And doing that, he could be fine. Right. He would be fine. Now, we hope that at some point uh, they come up with a cure yeah. so that you can... Eat your cake and have it. Like but they keep trying to come up with these digestive enzymes to I don't, that we've I don't seen over the years. Those. Yeah, what they only do is they they partially break down. You say it's yeah. hard to break down. These attempt to break it down 
but they can't 100% eradicate it. Exactly. And enough, you know, say, it's not like taking lactate for your lactose intolerance. Right, because lactate with lactate, though. it's not an immunological reaction. It's just a, yes. it's a physical chemical reaction where right. you can consume very, like if there are very tiny amounts of lactose. Like in cheese or yeah, in yogurt. You where, can tolerate it. Yeah. But with gluten, infinitesimal amounts, you know, like a half a gram, yeah. can be triggered. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we've got an email from Linda. Hi, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. I've been interested in an organic garden for several years now, in organic gardening for several years now. I went from an apartment to a townhouse hoping to garden, but my neighbors on both sides unfortunately smoke cigarettes daily. And because of being sensitive, that's out. Don't you hate that? (laughs) So indoor gardening. I heard that herbs are the easiest to take care of. And so that's where I want to start. I would really love to access fresh it's organic a good place herbs. To start. Yeah, year round. But was wondering how you both feel about arrow gardens and similar gardening systems. It kind of gives me an icky feeling to trust something that is soil less. Yeah. Here's so, so here we actually it's very timely that you mentioned that because I did an entire uh, podcast recently. Yeah. Uh, that should post by the time this is out uh, with Doctor Doc. I call him a doctor. He's the he's they call him the Dirt Doctor. Ah. Howard Garrett, uh-huh. who is uh, a real soil scientist and an expert on organic gardening. Yes. Uh, and who, there is such a thing as soil science. Yes. And yeah. so uh, what's interesting is he tied it into the human microbiome because the soil microbiome is very important for plant uh, yeah. health and uh, resistance to disease. Mm-hmm. And same thing with the human microbiome. Yes. Uh, so he uh, you know, has these wonderful like plant probiotics that he uses Mm -hmm. and plant uh, nutrients that he uses to nourish the soil uh, to create a healthy soil. And he Mm -hmm. says, we're destroying the soil with pesticides and herbicides and he's very much against glyphosate. Yes. We keep hammering away at glyphosate, but I think it's a really bad turn we've taken around technology. Yeah. Um, The, uh, so what this purports to do is you can have like, you know, suspended gardens in the, in your in your in your house, and there's no dirt, no muss, no fuss, just chemical additives to yes, uh, you know, with nutrients that the plants subsist on. But it's a little bit like tree, you know. Remember when we were kids and they were talking about you know the astronaut food pill? Oh yeah. You know, Besides it, tang, it was going to yeah. be all these essential nutrients in a pill. You wouldn't have to bother to eat all the time we waste eating. You know, it's like just take a pill and it'll just give you everything you need. But those uh, solutions fall short of real food. Yes. And the same thing with plants. The plants, I think, need soil. So you could probably successfully grow plants. Uh, will they have a good nutrient value? Maybe. Uh, you know, will they have the, the full robustness of uh, plants grown outside? Probably not. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, it's like a, a closed system. It's like a circle. The soil is what brings the nutrition and life to the plants. So that soil is actually being, I want to say, the soil is becoming the plants. We eat the plants, and that is what is us. And then we die, and then we (laughs) return to the soil. The soil is fed by blood and bone meal. It's fed by that. And then on it, regeneration all over again. This is the system. You know, they have these... This is the ecosystem. They have these systems where instead of, like, a cremation or a cemetery, they can put you into a plant... Oh. They put you, you know, they plant you into a plant. 
Wow, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, that's so Gaia. That that would be that's so like back to the earth. That would be apropos for me. That would, that's a great idea. Right. Mm. <laughs> wow. So Linda, yeah, do your homework. You don't want chemicals and things that wouldn't be there in nature. You know, and they may get be, yourself. They may be quote if, natural chemicals. Right. That may be, right. You know, but right. Here's here's another analogy. Uh, is for people who are really really sick and can't digest any food. Yeah. You know, they have like. Tremendous intestinal problems, or they've had surgery to remove large parts of the yeah, face. Yeah. They get something called TPN, which is total parenteral nutrition. It's like you just—you just took me back to my hospital dietitian days. It, it's intravenous nutrition. Yes, and they—they they very carefully studied all the human requirements for nutrients, and they put everything in the bag and they put it into the people. Yeah, and then the people don't do so well. No, because not long term. Because I mean, it may sustain you for a while, but yeah. It, you, you, we don't understand enough yet about all the things that go into uh, nutrition to put it into a, a bag of synthesized components. Yes, yes. And same thing with the soil. You know, mm-hmm. they're probably going to get it, you know, 80% right, mm-hmm. um, but this missing components. Well, here's the thing. When you do TPN, and that means you're going through a vein, uh, whether it's pick line, central line in the yep. neck, something like yep. that. Long-term use of that is not great because of something called bacterial translocation. Oh. The microbiome in your gut is looking for the food that you feed (laughs) via orally. Oh, no. And when that food is gone and you're getting it through your vein, through TPM, uh, TPN, then that bacteria is going to go where the food is. Wow. What does that turn into? Sepsis. Oh, And then you die. Yeah. So short-term emergency situation, a couple of weeks, yeah. maybe under a month or so, that you could be on TPN if you're in an yeah. acute situation, whatever, something like that. But after that, it's got to change. Otherwise, you're going to – that bacterial translocation yeah. can happen. Wow. Plus, yeah. I mean, you're not putting anything into the microbiome, into the yes. intestinal tract. And so the bacteria that normally are there that perform essential functions for immunity and for even synthesizing nutrients – they have no no substrate. No, it's like what happened? We're a desert now. Yeah, go find the food. Yeah, yeah. Wow, isn't that something? The last patient I had as a hospital dietitian uh, before coming to work with you, Doctor Hoppen, back in two thousand five. Yeah, she was on TPN. Yeah, she was one of my patients on TPN. Uh, she had diabetes, schizophrenia, a couple Oof. of other things, Oof. and. She did well on TPN. The, the diabetes was nearly gone. Yeah, because they absolutely controlled her. They controlled the her, calories and everything. Yeah. But later she died of sepsis because she was on it for over a month. Ay, you ay, can't ay. do that long term. But she had no choice because, oh, she had a terrible form of inflammatory bowel disease where even though we tried feeding her orally, it all went awry. There was, it was over pretty much. So for, it's like a form of artificial life support. Yes. Where you couldn't quite mimic yeah. normal Physiologic function. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was no way for her to go back to POs. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. I remember that. Well, yeah. okay. Linda, thank you for the question. Oh, listen, get some good organic soil from your local wherever you go. Get yourself a nice planter. Put it on your kitchen window. Plant your herbs and grow them. Water them. Have them in sun. And herbs are, are and a good it. solution for indoor because, you know, you don't yeah. have to have like massive space for them. A little goes a long way. Yeah. And you can get fresh herbs continuously mm-hmm. to uh, add to your food. Absolutely. Um, so, It's yeah. great to go and do that. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of like a dipping your toe in. I mean, you don't have to, you know, grow 
like massive squash plants or something. You know, well, my husband likes massive squash plants. Giant he loves pumpkins. squash. And I'm like, what are we going to do with all the zucchini? We give it to the neighbors. You give it. We I give it. We give like, it. Yeah. It's like, what am I going to do with all this zucchini? Yeah. I mean, how, I'm tired of eating zucchini. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, we have an email from David. Hey, Dr. Hoffman and Layla, what would you test for? If you had a patient that was struggling to put on normal body fat hmm. and didn't have symptoms that suggest absorption issues, hmm. oddly, I can gain muscle weight, but no normal body fat. It's like I'm bony, but muscular. Hmm. I did have SIBO about 13 years ago and lost weight, but regained it, but have always struggled to put on normal body fat. Hmm. Wow, that's a predicament. That is. It's the reverse predicament of most people. Right. Well, well, you know, this I think there's some there's a little bit of a genetic programming. I think some people be. are They're programmed meant to be lean and mean. Some people are not programmed to have a lot of subcutaneous fat. Yeah. Uh, you know, if he told me that he was just skinny and he lacked muscle, I'd say, well, check your male hormones, check yes. your testosterone, check your DHEA. Uh, but it appears that this guy has adequate musculature. What's the problem? You know, What's you're going to look problem? shredded. You know, exactly. and you're going to see the muscle definition, and you're just thin. Other people who can't gain weight but aren't necessarily muscular or anything like this and absorption, you know, no absorption issues are late stage diabetes where the pancreas isn't making insulin yeah, anymore. No sure. more fat storage. Right. Well, they what, tend to lose a whole lot of weight. Let, let's presume this guy's generally healthy. Yeah. What would, and I do sometimes, rarely, but, you know, far more often to get people to lose weight. But occasionally we'll have a patient who says, I, I can't seem to uh, gain weight. Uh, what would you feed them? Is there some formula that eat might some be more up? carbs? You know, get some succotash going. Eat some good quality grains and things like that. Get but, some legumes but, in, but not eat more fat. No, eat more fat too. Well, you could eat simply more food. What we sometimes find is the people who complain of that uh, have really internalized the fat phobia oh, message. That's true. You know, so they're they're trying to eat a healthy, low fat diet, right? But they can't gain weight, so they're eating a preponderance of uh, you know protein and carbs, yeah. But they're not getting sufficient calories, yeah, to promote uh, a you know positive uh, equilibrium on their weight. Yes, you know. Yes, that would normally happen in a young person on a low calorie diet, but when they get older, past menopause, andropause. That will start to change because insulin resistance will happen yeah. if you're going to eat that many carbs, even yeah. though you are low-calorie. That could still happen that way. So, so in those circumstances, you're permissive of some healthy carbs. Yes, okay. absolutely. We have a, a minority, just a handful of patients who are chronically underweight. I tell them I want you eating bananas and nuts every day. I want you to put nut butters Avocados, on that good perhaps. hearty bread that you're eating. Mm -hmm. I look for places to add more calories mm -hmm. more than anything else. Avocado is good. Avocado is great. Yeah. Make some avocado toast yeah. if you're able to Liberally eat. Liberally use olive oil. Mm -hmm. and, sure. Yeah. yeah. Don't be measuring out your fats in your salad dressing or do anything yeah. like that. So we're looking for calories everywhere. One of the best places to get but, that is But nuts. you know something? It just is hard for some people. They really have trouble yeah. uh, gaining. And then, you know, what we often will say is do some resistance training because that will build at least muscle mass. Right. Right. Well, David's complaining he's muscular. Yeah. Bony, but muscular, but not, you know. Well, you know, the other thing is I think people have um, a distorted body image is if you go mm -hmm. to, you know, spend some time in China or spend some time in a country that is... 
you know, less prone to obesity, although that's changing in China. And you see the average person is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, pretty slim and trim. I mean, it, it's interesting when you look at, uh, you know, middle-aged and older people in certain other countries, you know, yeah. like uh, Afghanistan or something like that. Yeah. And the men are really lean mm -hmm. uh, and, mm -hmm. and muscular because many of them are, are farmers or they're doing manual labor. Yes, but they're very, they, very physically they, they active. They look, uh, you know, they're, they're in their 50s and 60s and 70s and they're, they're very thin, they're but very they're, thin. they're strong. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is, that's normal. Could be they're poor. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's the other thing. Yeah, they just don't so, have uh, the luxury of sedentary lifestyle or yes, uh, they have to work hard, concentrated for the little bit foods. they get. Yeah. yeah, you know they're happy to go. Oh, we got a chicken. Oh boy, we got a chicken. We got a chicken. It's going to last all week. <laughs> it's like who wants to feed? Who wants to exactly big soup? Oh right. my gosh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, David. All right. All right. Well, the, I. I think a good point at which to uh, sign off for this week's Q&A with Layla. We welcome your questions. We have a couple more in the mailbag, but keep them coming. Yes. Uh, you're sending us great questions, thought-provoking questions, teeing us off for discussion. Radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions. And uh, I just hear uh, AOL just got spun off by Verizon. It was like, so yes. A AOL and Yahoo. And Yahoo, both of them. But it's, it's not going away. By Verizon. But it pretty cheap. It was like a fire sale. Yahoo and AOL for just $5 billion. That's it? That's all. Pocket change. That's nothing. I know. It's, <laughs> My goodness. Well, we're, we're going to hold on to that that uh, destination as uh -huh. long as uh, that uh, domain remains for us. Radio program at AOL.com. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman today with Layla Mutant. Thank you, Layla. Thanks, Dr. Hoffman. This is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212 779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.